Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash sorgatronmedia. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. I'm getting awesome. You're getting awesome. We're getting awesome. Yeah, that's what I said now. Gentlemen, welcome to the Awesome Cast. Where we like to get our geek on here on this drizzly day uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This week, of course, with me as always uh, is Rob Dilakrita. Damn it, I messed it up again. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you pronounced it right. Dilakrita, Dilakrita, I did it right before. It's under pressure. Yeah. I have problems. How yeah. are you it's doing? A, you put the wrong emphasis oh, on the wrong syllable, but otherwise, you got it right. This will Congratulations. Be an ongoing and. And this will be an ongoing saga in my, my <laughs> pronunciation woes. So how are you doing this week? I am, uh, well, honestly, I had a really long day, but I am I am super happy to be here on the internets discussing internet-type things. <laughs> Fantastic. And, of course, the <laughs> other guy who who is no stranger to me mispronouncing his name, Malengo Akpe Asambe, has joined us once again. How are you doing? I'm good. So, I'm here. So, so you're you're back from Cameroon, and let's pretend that we didn't have this conversation at work. How was it? Uh, it was hot. It was rainy. It was muddy. It was fun. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Although I will say the most trouble I had throughout the whole trip was in JFK Airport in New York, which is odd. Yeah, you, is this what you were telling me about today? Uh, I don't know. What was I telling you uh, today? The iPhone issue? Oh, no, no. I, uh, just coming back into the country. Whenever you come into the country for the very first time, uh, you have to go through customs. So, you know, just to make sure you're not bringing in any kind of, like, animals or food or whatnot. So just that process, we had to check it. We had to grab our bags, check them out, and then recheck them in. And it was just a really stupid process. And uh, it makes you question the U.S. security is not that tight. <laughs> so, yeah. But whatever. Lots of fun. Excellent. Well, glad to see you're back from abroad. We were worried about you. You were gone a long time. Um, I was. <laughs> so, uh, uh, once again, uh, no Andy Quayle this week. He got called away uh, on his job. So, uh, but we'll plug him anyways. He's getting a lot out of us. Uh, Techberg.com if you want to check out what he's into. Um, but we'll, we'll try again someday, I think. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so let's get right into it for our first story this week. Uh, this is one that we've been following, of course, um, at least in, in this last week as things have developed. Blizzard had a little bit of run-in with its fans this week. Uh, they they <laughs> announced this real ID that was going to attach everybody's, uh, publicly attach everybody's users to, uh, you know, to their real names and everything for the forums. It's supposed to it's supposed to cut down on trolling on the forums and people misbehaving in the game. And there was a huge backlash for this. So, um, what have you what have you heard about this, Malenga? Uh, you know, all I've really heard, I don't. I don't know that we're thinking about the same thing. Are you talking about uh, Blizzard's uh, Facebook thing? No, no, that, that was kind of our suspicion of what this was going to be linked to, I think. Hmm, fill me in. Give me some more information on what happened. This was basically uh, on their online forum. Instead of having, like, you know, Steel Warrior 44, it would have your at least your first name. Um, and the idea was to take the sense of anonymity away from it so people would be much less likely to start flame wars and stuff like that. And what happened was basically, just like uh, Mike said, uh, everybody got really upset about it. They really wanted to protect that anonymity that they've had for so long, and they felt uh, kind of insulted by it. And, like, I understand uh, Blizzard's stance on it, but I understand the user's stance on it, too. As far as Blizzard's concerned, they basically, you know, you have a meeting and say, hey, we have all these flame wars and people getting really nasty to each other, and we need to put out this fire. 
And somebody says, uh, why don't we make everybody accountable for whatever they're going to say on the internet and take away their anonymity? It's great, but it's, you know, one of those privacy issues and people don't like to necessarily know, let other people know who they are. Yeah, I think I agree with that, Rob. I mean, uh, as, a, as a gamer, if I want to play as mad dog killer of all kittens, you know, I should be able to play <laughs> as whatever I want. And, uh, yeah, I guess the privacy thing. Oh, I understand Blizzard's stance, too, but um, I guess they have a responsibility to, to some, I guess, limit to try and squash things like that. And especially this is a community that hasn't had anything like this uh, for so long. You know, I, I know, you know, Warcraft, you know, seems to be something that people come home from work and, and they get to, you know, kind of envelop themselves in that world. You know, for better or for worse, as I know, uh, Malenga, we've been watching a few videos in the office of some uh, of some people with their accounts closed, uh, like it's going to be on Talk.0 this week. Um, but it, it's 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 tough when you have such a such an aged community that's used to this for so long uh, to kind of you know lift the veil all of a sudden from them. Seems like kind of a, a strong measure. Uh, could this be kind of an area, kind of like uh, Google did with Buzz, where they kind of didn't really. Uh, know what kind of you know, what people really wanted. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's that's kind of a trick question. There, uh, kind of, <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to judge for that. I, I guess if you're gonna, maybe it's something that they can implement that for past users. They, uh, you know, have that trust issue, and if trust is abused, mm -hmm. then they maybe implement this. And then for new users, it's look, this is what. This is what it is. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, the the idea would certainly, like, if, if you could get everybody to own up to everything they post on the forums and whatever they say in-game, it would certainly cut off a lot of that stuff. But uh, I'd, I'd say it's a viable solution, but they need to tiptoe around it and not approach it in the same way that Google approached Buzz, which was, you know, opt-in, everybody has it. No ifs, ands, or buts, which seemed to be the way they were going to approach it, which was basically, if you want to use our service and play our games, you are going to have to play by our very strict and uh, maybe maybe privacy-invading rules. And uh, and that's where they went wrong. But I, I'm kind of curious to see, because, like, you know, if people are losing their uh, anonymity, and I always said that um, social media is what removes anonymity from the Internet. Like, it's people are used to, like kind of like the 4chan atmosphere where you say and do whatever you want because you're not accountable but when you know it's your facebook profile with your personal name maybe your address phone number all your family members and stuff on it you think twice about what you put online because you don't want you know that attached to your name uh so i'm curious to see if this is going to be something where uh blizzard just tosses it out and says you know what this is a bad idea forget about it or if this is the first step in removing what the internet um, alias, you know, was built on, where people, the you know, the first emails were sent by aliases, not really by actual names, mostly for the sake of keeping things short. Um, and now that everything's out there and all the networks are out there, it might make more sense for people to be attached to their actual name instead of making up an, uh, an alias. Yeah. The outcry was so strong that they, they pulled the, uh, the plans three days after they were announced. Um, wow. Now, now, then, Malenko, you brought up a little bit about what we thought maybe this was going into. Uh, it was announced, uh, I believe, in, within the same week that there was, be, there was going to be Facebook integration with StarCraft Two. Now, uh, then we, I mean, I, I don't know, I didn't see any details completely connecting the two of them, but uh, maybe this real ID was uh, was uh, a concept to get people used to that connection. Uh, before they got to, uh, you know, the Battle.net uh, Facebook joint thing. Yeah, I mean, now that you guys are talking about it, it sounds like something that could have been a lead-in, but mm -hmm. I was I was very opposed to the Facebook idea, mainly because I just thought Blizzard was being lazy, and this was definitely something that they could have done a long time ago. I mean, uh, a lot of the PC games have that where you can communicate with through some kind of social network anyway already so I didn't really understand why Facebook was getting in there I understood it but I, I mean this uh, the real ID backlash I don't know I'm still kind of up in the air on that I don't know yeah. um, and uh, in other game news while we're on the subject 
uh, Google invests a hundred plus million dollars in Farmville company, prepares Google games. Now, now, from what I understand, this is not their venture side of things where they kind of put money into uh, all kinds of new technologies. This is Google itself dumped a hundred million dollars into Farmville. Well, Zynga, that's the uh, the creator of Farmville Mafia Wars and all those other super addictive games. That I'm sure we're going to see reaction videos soon enough when people's farm bills get deleted. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Right? But the thing is, it's going to be different because it's going to be all all of your uh, all of your uh, stay-at-home moms and stuff flipping out. You know, I think instead because there's a little bit of different market there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this one? This, this are we are we is this a, a step towards uh, Google Me's kind of uh, uh, play here? That's what I think. I think um, this is like a uh, one of many steps they're going to take where they start steering themselves in, in a, a somewhat different direction. I mean, Google has always been very uh, utilitarian. They are known for developing tools and not necessarily games unless you count, um, you know, like Pac-Man on the Google logo. They usually keep things pretty serious and pretty simple. Um, but now it looks like they're looking to cash in on the casual gamer in combination with, you know, taking on Facebook in the in the social media uh, sphere, and it's all going to sort of congregate in the exact same space. Um, and it's, uh, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. It'll be interesting, you know, just like everything else. But um, it's, I, I really, I'm not sure how I feel about Google taking on games. It, I, I feel it's slightly evil. Slightly evil? Slightly evil, in that it's, it's, like tools are for people's benefit. You enjoy games, but <laughs> cashing in on uh, on the casual gamer is like the only way I can phrase this. I mean, is it, it really? But isn't it in anything more than than smart marketing on their part, though? I mean, yeah, I mean, it certainly yeah. is great marketing, and they got they've got the money to dump into a company that seems to have gotten the casual gamer market cornered in a heartbeat. And they're making uh, at this point, they're looking at making over. Uh, like a million dollars a month or something like that over at Zynga. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I'm also wondering if they're going to just keep throwing money at them or if they're going to straight up acquire them a year from now and then roll that into all the other networks that Google is going to be launching in the coming year. Wow. Okay, here's, here's some information. Uh, this, this Zynga company apparently made $350 million in the first half of 2010. Oh, wow. And... Uh, and Google shares rose from seven dollars and thirty nine cents to four hundred and seventy four dollars per share. This is ridiculous. Google needs to just give me money. Let me know. <laughs> casual yeah, I don't under. I don't. Uh, I mean, it's very smart on Google's part. I'll give them credit on that. But uh, yeah, I do think it is maybe taking advantage a little bit of the casual gamer. And I don't know, I don't know how Google's really gonna. Like I could see them. I, I'm almost. I think I'm okay with the uh, the idea of we'll buy the company and then just let them do their thing, mm-hmm. and just leave them alone, <laughs> cash in the money. Yeah, and they are. I mean, they are known for kind of throwing money at things here and there. But this is an awful lot of money to make me think that they're just gonna leave it alone. Yeah, it's actually reported at one million to two million, so it could be a lot more than just one million. I mean, one hundred million too is a—that's a lot of freaking money. Yeah. <laughs> For Farmville, come on. <laughs> Definitely. So, so, um, so, so Google, Google's. Uh, yeah, I got nothing there. Uh, we got one more game story. Uh, insert witty clip here that I can't construct right now. We got one more game store and we'll head to our break and we'll get into more serious stuff, guys. Um, this is something, this is just a fun one. Uh, I put this late in the day. I, I found it thanks to the game show over on Revision 3 and the stream.net. Um, Mega Man Doom is out. Apparently, a, uh, there's a mod out for some 8-bit deathmatch where they've taken the Doom 2 engine and reskinned it for Mega Man. It's currently in alpha. You can check it out over at. I'm trying to find the site right now. Literally, there's an article up on Destructoid in our in our delicious 
Uh, it is on uh, cutstuff.net. Cutstuff.net, yes. Um, and what is it? Cutter Mike is the guy that's putting this together? I thought that was a... Yeah, Cutman Mike. Cutman Mike. Uh, it looks pretty cool. They show some video on the game show. It's got all the sound effects. They do the Mega Man 2 intro with the tower that we all love in 3D. Like, with 3D with the 2D Mega Man on the top, like you would have the 2D character kind of rotating in the Doom games. You know, that quasi, this is just four sides of a 2D character. Um, mm. It looks pretty fantastic, and that's definitely going to be downloaded on my end pretty soon. So go check out <laughs> cutstuff.net. We're going to have to, I'm thinking we're going to put this on the computers at work and do some deathmatching then. Um, do you think this is actual legal? Is it legal? Like, is this, is this legal? Um, modif Modifying-wise, yes. Um, as far as using the assets, I mean, I think it's no different than, like, there's, there's like, Dragon Ball Quake and Dragon Ball Unreal. Um, I remember an old, I think there was like transport, well, I mean, remember all the skins for, for Quake games back in the day? You could get Transformers, you could get whatever character, there's the, the South Park patches for Quake 1 and Quake 2 that I remember we ran all the, all the time. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. I mean, I guess so, yeah. nobody's making money out of this. I, I remember for a while there was somebody that was, that released a, uh, X-Men Quake, um, that I think they were trying to sell it, but I don't think it went too far because of legal rights. Um, but yeah, as long as people aren't making money at it, you know, using these characters, it's just, it's just fan service at this point. Yeah, gaming definitely, uh, takes a big chunk in the, in the gray area of intellectual property rights because, uh, it's using the engine and the engine is totally fine, but using the image of Mega Man, if you were to do that in a, in a different space, in the movie space or the audio space, uh, to this extent, you would certainly get your, your butt suit off, but... Because they're using it in a game that isn't quite, you know, it's not really Mega Man. It's just the appearance of Mega Man. Uh, at the same time, if the proprietors of Mega Man wanted to use it, they would just send the owner of this, uh, you know, they would send Cutman Mike a little message saying, hey, can you take your stuff down? Because we'd like to really make money off of it, and you're preventing us from doing that. Yeah, okay. Dear Mr. Cutman Mike, we have <laughs> cease and desist operations of Mega Man Doom, and maybe we'll find you. Hey, you know what? This is a way a lot of people have gotten jobs in the industry. I mean, uh, what Counter Strike I think was a mod at first. Team Fortress was a mod for yep. uh, Quake back in the day. Now, you know, Team Fortress, Fortress Two is is you know taking the multiplayer game by storm. You know, I still play it. You know, um, I don't know. It, it's uh, it, we, I haven't seen anything this inventive for a while, especially going back to the Doom engine. Although it makes sense for what this is. Yeah, um, that that community. I don't know if it's just it, it's just not as strong as it used to be because there's so many engines. Uh, but I yeah, I remember back in the day when like Quake was big. It was you found all kinds of stuff. Maybe it's just more diluted now, or maybe it's just not as big a news. So so well. Anyways, this show that we're having so much fun at is uh, brought to you by Audible.com. Uh, we have an offer over there, audiblepodcast.com slash Media for one free audiobook. You can cancel any time. It's a free 14-day trial, and you get to keep that one book afterwards. Um, like I said last week, I recently uh, signed back up with it, and and I've been hearing so for so long about this uh, Audible Android app, and I happened to be uh, looking through some stuff yesterday, and right there is the Audible iPhone app is now available. Ooh. It's you know what I've been wanting to listen to it. Of course, you can sync up with the iTunes, but I have such a such a battle with my iTunes because it's up on the one computer on the third floor, and uh, you know it, I, I just hate just going up there and having to sift through everything and sync it up, right? So so now I can download my book straight to this through the iPhone app. And for those of you that love this four square badges, it has that too. You got your listening stats, and you have these app listening levels right there. So if you want to, uh, you know, get little merit badges for your reading, there you go. Uh, it's really good. You download straight to the app. If you have things on your iPhone uh, from Audible, it will find them in your library um, and, and pull them right up for you without you having to re-download them or anything and sync it right in. Um, of course, this week I uh, had a, there was a, uh, the recommendation, recommendation on the Wrestling Mayhem show last week was IWAS, thanks to DJ Lunchbox. And I ate that stuff up over this past week. I, I finished it just yesterday, 
Um, it's a, it's more than I ever wanted to know about creating computers from circuits. Because <laughs> it was, it went into great detail. And, and it's one of those, like, I kind of attributed it to when I read a wrestling book and they tell the uh, the layman's user uh, reader uh, what kayfabe is and what a what a wrist lock is and stuff like that. That's what I felt like this was for computer building and circuitry, um, but not all that boring. It's not read by by Steve Wozniak, uh, but it's uh, still still pretty. It, it, it's a good read. It's a good read. Uh, it, it, it details uh, a lot of his early projects. Uh, you know, of course, it started with with Apple and Steve Jobs, uh, where he went to afterwards. Uh, a lot, a lot of his experiences, like doing the uh, the US concerts and everything. Um, it, it's 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 really cool. It, it was it's 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 a story of, of a geek that was passionate about what he was doing, and it's really inspirational. So I I, I loved it. I think anybody uh, you know anybody into the tech industry, if you if you build a computer, you know, within the last ten years. Uh, this will make you highly appreciate what you can do so easily now. <laughs> so, um, pretty cool. And he actually, uh, well, I, I, did, I wasn't aware of this, but I guess Wozniak was uh, involved in the creation of Breakout uh, with Atari. Uh, oh, really? And uh, a little bit of, of his interactions with Atari there was pretty cool uh, before they, you know, before they started up Apple. Um, but it's really cool, it, it, especially if you're an Apple fanboy. Like I know a lot of listeners might be on the show. Maybe some of us on the show. Um, you know, it, it's really cool. It's a really nice read. Uh, you can get that for free, audiblepodcast.com slash Sorgatron Media, of course. Um, and if you have any recommendations for, for audiobooks and stuff, please send it in to contact at uh, awesomecast.com. We'd like to hear what you guys are reading out there because there's only so much I can read in a month thanks to my credit <laughs> <laughs> and time and everything. So we we appreciate any recommendations out there. So anyways, let's get right back into the news uh, and everything going on this week. Let's bring up the right screen. Uh, the iPhone 4 is unconsumable. <laughs> All right. It's, you, yeah, it's it's not consumable. It's not consumable. Uh, uh, well, well, Rob, are you, Rob, are, are you having a little trouble digesting that iPhone over there? Uh, you know, I, I tried to fit it in my mouth, but it's kind of awkward. <laughs> um, and I've found that when my tongue touches the lower left hand corner, <laughs> I drop the call. Um, so you have but, to use the right uh, side of your tongue. <laughs> that's, that's I'm, apparently, I'm I'm eating it wrong. Is what that's I'm I'm told. Eating it wrong. <laughs> Steve Jobs told you that. Um, well, it seems that the Consumer Report has uh, deemed it un un unrecommendable. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it basically it made it through that? their first round of mm. of, of thumbs up, uh, but when they finally uh, finished all of their rigorous tests. Uh, they decided that they are not going to recommend it, and instead they are going to recommend the 3GS uh, based on their experience with the quote-unquote reception problem. Uh, they feel that everything else about the phone is fantastic. It's yeah. the fastest. It looks great. It's The applications for it are, are great, and it's absolutely wonderful, but they, uh, they gave it the thumbs down based on the reception problem alone. If you... If you want an iPhone and not and, and don't want to have this issue, we recommend the 3GS. Was it? That's incredible. Um, yeah. And but wasn't that based on their uh, four and a half star rating too? Oh no, no, no. This was the thing. Now, now I was I was showing this article yesterday uh, from a Yahoo article, and uh, right beside the article was a list of phones and star ratings by them. And there was the iPhone 4, 32 gigabyte, with four and a half stars. Um, so, I, again, I think this is one of those, this came from this source, this came from this source. But I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, it, for one, now uh, they've made enough noise that people remember that consumer reports still exist. Um, so yeah, that kind of surprised me. I like me personally, uh, as, as uh, what I consider myself to be a professional consumer, um, I put a lot of thought into what I buy, and uh, I'm usually not one to make a, a knee-jerk 
decision. I mean, I, I went to buy a $10 plastic fender for my bike, and it probably took me about 15 minutes to decide which $10 plastic fender I wanted. Um, but I was really surprised to find out how many people actually read consumer reports when they're buying electronic gadgets and uh, how many people actually pay attention to what they say. It seems like such an antiquated uh, uh, source, you know? Yeah, I yeah, mean, exactly. Like, when I, when I go to buy, you know, a, a gadget, I will go to, say, uh, Gadget, like GDGT. There's plenty of great reviews on there. I'll see what people have to say on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, or sometimes I'll yeah. check out CNET reviews. Those are pretty good. But if I'm about to buy, like, a fancy piece of technology, the last people I'd expect, expect to have a valid opinion would be Consumer Reports. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's who you go to when you want a review on a toaster or something. Right? Yeah, like yeah, a toaster or a vacuum cleaner, I mean, I not a phone. My dad used to get Consumer Reports, I think. You know, he was real. He was real big on that about you know car reviews. I think they do, and I don't. Know, I think I seem to remember printers. Maybe that's computer shopper. Maybe that was like a, a, a offshoot of them. But the I, other thing about this that surprises me is that they're taking this attenuation issue really seriously. And um, uh, AJ, who was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, he yeah. sent us uh, a link uh, just before the show, which was an Engadget. Uh, article titled, Yes, the iPhone 4 is broken, slash, No, the iPhone 4 is not broken, which brings to light something that I've been saying is that even though a lot of people are talking about, yes, when you hold the phone in this certain way, this thing happens, very few people are actually reporting that they're getting drop calls or a, not a loss of signal, quote unquote, in that when you hold it that way, the bars drop, but a loss in signal in that you actually see a degradation of, um, of data or call quality as a result of it. Uh, and so what they did is they pulled um, all of their, uh, well, a lot of, of their writers, and it seems like it's just a completely mixed bag. Like, me as an iPhone 4 user, um, first off, I'm not left-handed. Secondly, I don't like to punch myself in the face while I'm talking on the phone, so I don't have this problem. Um, and uh, it's, it, just flipping through it, it looks like it's maybe like 75% of the people they asked said they didn't have a problem, but uh, a few people said, uh, let's see, we've got some uh, drop quotes here. I've definitely dropped a number of calls and experienced slow data rates when holding the phone with the antennas bridged. Uh, next to another person who said, I've yet to drop a call on the thing, not one. To be fair, though, I'm kind of a loser and nobody calls me. <laughs> <laughs> About, you know, will the bumper, if the bumper is something that would eliminate a lot of these issues, because I feel like personally with my phone, um, like, instantly I got protection for it uh, because I want to say almost like two weeks into having my phone, I dropped it and I was oh. like, well, I'm glad I got the protection. Yeah. So uh, in general, I found it very odd that like so many people just don't, aren't using protection for that. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of depends. Like, uh, like Missy here in the studio, she, she doesn't use uh, at least a case on it. She has the cover on the screen, yeah. but she keeps it in a purse all the time. And, and we've had this discussion before. It's like, well, mine is in my pocket and taken out and put on a desk and thumb around while I'm walking around. Look, I mean, that's not safe. Uh, but, you know. I, so, while you're driving, admit it. Yeah, while I'm driving <laughs> and and tech TVing and, or uh, twitting and everything. Uh, but it's in my pocket. It's kind of more exposed to everything. I need that. You know, I cannot imagine anybody expecting their phone to last just in their pocket, you know, unless they're a very delicate individual. Yeah. That was something that uh, Consumer Reports brought up, uh, was that you can fix this problem with a piece of masking tape, um, which, as much as I don't have the problem, and, and I, like, based on the science of how the phone works, you're going to have this problem with everything, and they just put the antenna on the outside so it can attenuate much easier, but at the same time it raises the high end of what that uh, antenna is capable of receiving. So if you have a good signal, you have a great signal instead of a medium signal. But I understand that the point that like something so simple as uh, a clear coating or a piece of masking tape can prevent this problem from happening. So yeah, if you have a case, if you have a bumper, if you have anything that will take your, your body a millimeter away from the side of that case, from the side of the, the case of the phone itself, you will fix the problem. And that's why Consumer Reports is saying, like we're giving this a thumbs down because we see it as a product flaw like a straight-up flaw that should have been fixed, not like it's very easy to fix. And it's also uh, a part of Apple is starting to say now that this is no longer a software issue and it is a hardware issue. 
Well, I, I will say that, I mean, based on, on Apple just in general, uh, I think they have a good, like, repertoire on, on fixing issues like mm-hmm. this. If they actually decide to go in there 100% and fix it, I'm pretty sure anybody that already has a phone and wants it replaced will just be a, a simple swap. My yeah. issue, though, is more or less because of the technical uh, design of the phone, I don't really see how the fix will make the phone still look as pretty as you know it's been presented as. Right. It really should have been something that was considered in revisions. Like now we see the final product and we really appreciate, you know, it looks really nice with that band. The aesthetic is very nice. Uh, it feels really good in your hand. Like, I don't feel like this is going to slip out of my hand the same way the previous versions did. Um, and we really shouldn't like, this is an early rev kind of thing. Like as soon as somebody said, Hey, let's put the antenna band around the outside of the phone. Uh, somebody should have paid attention to maybe their RF engineer that would have said, you realize that's going to hurt the signal, and they just didn't see how bad it was. Um, because, yeah. like, I mean, like you said, like this is super nice, and I don't want to put anything around this phone. I don't want to put a case on it, because like I've had my experience, and I, I don't, I'm still kind of like, because I've only had this phone for a few weeks, obviously, um, but my last phone, I insisted on putting a case on it, because I'm like pretty rugged. I do a lot of uh, work building stuff uh, outside of work and that's when I'm going to drop my phone uh, destroy it, scratch it, something like that and gosh it's so pretty I wouldn't want to do that <laughs> sometimes, do you, do you have this I, I just kind of uh, take it out of the case sometimes to remind myself how pretty it is under there to remind, what it does look like you know oh yeah, yeah. Just I, I, you know, I have those moments I have those moments I um... <laughs> I have a I can I can give a product recommendation on the show actually it's kind of sitting right in front of me here let me uh, lean over there we go I got this stuff uh, that looks like a total gimmick they sell it in the Apple Store it's called iClear Apple Polish which sounds like a joke right like you would never spend twenty bucks on this it's a little thing I've I've got the packaging because I'm uh, that kind of guy I bought this over a year ago. Comes with terry cloth, um, portable wipes, a giant microfiber cloth, and uh, and, a, and a smaller one for travel. But the point about this stuff is that it cleans everything um, from screens, laptop cases, plastic MacBook cases, uh, aluminum, and it restores it to a finish that's almost better than when it was like brand new out of the box. Because it's a polish, it creates like this really like, um, uh, like satin finish on your screen, and it makes using your screen feel amazing. And uh, what I would do with my 3G is I would take, I would slip it out of the case every once in a while, and I'd polish it down, and I'd get all the grit out of it, and it would look brand new. And then I'd put it right back in the plastic case because I didn't want that brand new thing to get scratched up. It all seems kind of silly when you think about it. <laughs> Um, sorry, I was reading the comments. I was reading some comments I won't read because this is a family show. Um, <laughs> you can read that for yourself. Uh, thanks, Mad Mike. Uh, <laughs> well, of course, we're not the only ones having, you know, finding problems with the iPhone. Well, I guess Rob would be the only one since he's the only one that has the new one. Um, <laughs> Lango's still waiting on his any day now. Um, yeah, I'm, on some, I'm somewhere on the list. <laughs> I don't know where. Yeah, what was it? You were like, uh, you were like, uh, I'm going to find the list and move myself up on the list. Yeah, just start deleting people off the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, Conan O'Brien was finding a problem with the iPhone today, apparently. Uh, he says uh, he found a huge, des- huge design flaw uh, in my new phone, was on his Twitter. People get angry when I talk on it during a funeral. So. <laughs> uh, oh, that Conan O'Brien. Oh, that's he's he's a funny guy. <laughs> um, let's see here. Now another thing going on in the mobile space uh, is the Fring issue this week. Oh yeah. Now I was real excited to see Fring. Um, apparently it, it Fring is I, I, it popped up before. It's this application. I wonder if I still have it up, like, updated in here. Um, is this application that well there it is that will um join all of your social networks and i have an error 
my my iPhone lost its connection to the internet. <laughs> can you all turn off your laptops, okay, please? Please, <laughs> please turn off your uh, your workstations and everything. Um, but it'll combine it'll combine a bunch of social networks. I think Facebook, uh, AOL, uh, you know, IM and everything, and Skype, uh, and enable the front camera to basically do FaceTime over. 3G and wireless or whatever, wherever you were on. Uh, and apparently Skype got kind of mad about that and uh, disabled it. So it was a, a, uh, a terms of service, violated terms of use, damaging our brand and reputation in the process, they say. Um, and uh, so, so is this... Is this is this a big uh, a big step back for uh, the the potential of, of that uh, that that nice little camera on your phone there, Rob? Um, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say uh, Skype has done a lot of dumb things, uh, and this is pretty pretty high up there because you consider that Skype hasn't been able to bring itself to mobile devices to make it work on 3G. They're a Wi-Fi only thing well, no, uh, they, when you're they, doing video actually they, they started the 3g and uh the thing is i think they're going to start charging for it eventually oh oh okay um yeah still pretty dumb so <laughs> uh, uh i obviously don't use skype on my uh on my iphone honestly i don't use skype very often uh because it's always been a real huge pain in the butt and it's never really worked, um, which is why FaceTime was such a big deal. I, I want to point but, out Skype is not the reason that Rob's in black and white on this. Uh, <laughs> it's my problem, not Skype's. He's using color um, but, on the screen, at least. But Fring was doing something that Skype apparently is not willing to do, which was offering the service for free over 3G, which was something that um, Apple let happen uh, and uh, would have been kind of a big deal if you can get people used to that. You can certainly like monetize it, and everybody will be happy. And because Apple didn't say anything about it, uh, it's obviously Skype are the only ones who care about somebody using this. And they also said uh, they don't claim that it's an anti-competitive thing. They said uh, we had to restrict access to the Fring service due to capacity, <laughs> um, which is I'm going to say is a flat lie. And I really yeah. hate it when they do that. Like. If you're going to lie, at least be good about it. Um, <laughs> and I really think Fring could have done a lot of good things for the Skype brand, a brand which has been tarnished by people like us who've been trying to use it for years, and then you get something like FaceTime in your hands, and you're like, hey, wait, I, you mean I don't have to spend a half-hour troubleshooting for this to work? This is a godsend. Uh, and then and then Skype says, no, actually, we don't want our service to be that popular, and we're, we're planning on... Uh, you know, reaping every dollar we can for it down the line. So we're going to tell you no, uh, based on a capacity issue. Yeah, could you could you imagine that if if, if this didn't happen and uh, we we're able to just say, oh, do you have a new iPhone? Then uh, we have no problem getting you on. Don't have the tech problems like we've seen in the past on the show. You know, oh yeah. Or, or it would open a lot of shows up for trying to do the same thing. You know, or or other applications. And think about the, uh, you know, the citizen journalism aspects to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what if, uh, you know, you have somebody reporting in, in the field kind of like the same way that um, uh, uh, Twit has the, uh, well, oh, what is it called? Their mobile, you know, Their mobile reporter. backpack unit thing. I, uh, I forget what it's called. It's something there, a source because everything's a dinosaur over there. There's a couple over there because uh, they were using Ustream Lanham 1 one time, I think, when they went to South by Southwest. Uh, right, and I think there's there's a new service. I was actually looking at it. Uh, I didn't see any pricing, but uh, yeah, it escapes me too. I, I I'm sure if you go over Twitter in their wiki, they'll, they'll have that yeah. listed somewhere. But um, this is this is a space that Ustream is dominating in um, because they even Ustream even offers a device to do the sort of reporting in the field thing. And if Skype could just like you know let people toy with their service instead of trying to clamp down on it, they might be more successful like I, I i see this move as as a nail in skype's coffin it's not a very well-made coffin it's kind of rickety and they don't have a lot of wood in it but they're certainly not helping the situation yeah i agree especially with the uh the aspect of in the field journalism i don't see skype really helping themselves out at all with this and to be honest, once FaceTime is able to go on uh, any network, so if somebody using Sprint or Verizon, if I can communicate them, 
communicate with them over uh, a 3G network, yeah, I don't, I don't get the point of Skype anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and uh, this one would be like knocking it out of the park if Apple decides to release a Windows and OS X client for FaceTime. Yeah, or definitely. Even you know, frankly, even if they just said, "Hey, here's iChat for your phone." Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and we could connect it with our iChats on our Macs. Yeah, know? that would that so, would create some serious competition yeah, for not, uh, not for Skype. Not nearly as big, but if you have an iPhone, what are the chances you also have a Mac? You all, are, you know, if you have a Mac, it's probably new enough. You have a camera like I'm using right here, and there you go, a whole a whole new thing opened up. You know. Even yeah, it's definitely one of those features that when uh, FaceTime came out, like a lot of people, even though Apple didn't mention it, a lot of people. You know, started fiddling around in iChat, saying, "You know, it would make sense that I'd be able to connect FaceTime with iChat, but exactly. I can't." And since that was such a popular opinion, I would be pretty surprised if they don't roll that out sometime in the near future. Mm -hmm. All right, real quick, I got one more story here. This is another one that came up. I think uh, I think I came across this today as well. Um, Play on. Well, we've been talking a lot in the past about Netflix and uh, Hulu Plus and the plays they're making to get on our little devices and everything and our Xboxes and Playstations. Um, but PlayOn is a service I've subscribed to, well not subscribed to, I purchased it, now they have a subscription uh, that you put on your PC, sorry Mac guys, uh, and it would stream your video from Hulu, Netflix streaming, uh, Amazon Video On Demand uh, to your Xbox, Playstation, or Wii. Um, now they've, this Thursday on the 15th, they're releasing one for the iPhone, uh, which also the uh, CNN has a first look that's over on PlayOn site at PlayOn.tv uh, that demonstrates it. It works fine on the iPad as well. So this is a nice alternative if you're enjoying Hulu and really just want what Hulu already offers to have that and these other site content on your phone without having to pay $10 a month. Granted, it's $40 for a year for new customers right now. But well, that's still better than I think it was $120 a year, basically, if you want Hulu Plus. Yeah, based on that price, I mean, I'm not really digging the Hulu thing because I rarely have time to like watch TV. But 40 bucks a year for that kind of access, I would definitely be happy dropping that money. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Moingo? Well, uh, my thing was still the fact that I don't. I'm not convinced that uh, these networks, like until I see Comedy Central. I see, you know, live sporting from ESPN, uh, my wife's channels like TLC and the Crazy Food Network. Until those things start making a play, either for, uh, you know, either through PlayOn or through Hulu or even Netflix, I I think I'm not budging. And once those networks, as in the, like especially Comedy Central, things like that, once they start making uh, a, some kind of play to say, okay, we're established on Hulu, I would drop $10 instantly if, if that happened. But mm -hmm. since nobody's doing it, it, I don't think it's worth it. I might as well just wait. It's going to happen. That's what it, it has to happen. <laughs> well, as the cable companies don't get in the way that is. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't see that net neutrality thing ever working. And because I don't see that working, I don't... Especially like USA Network and uh, TNT, like individual networks like that. I mean, this is a money maker. I don't, I don't understand it. Well, here's a fun thing. There was actually, uh, I was, uh, there's been, we, we, we talked about the World Cup. You know, I know, I know, Malengo, you're a fan of it and everything. Um, yes. A lot of people were finding their World Cup, especially since, you know it's on during the day while people are at work. Uh, Moby TV was one way people could check it out. And I understand that, you know, with this, you can also watch it on PlayOn because they have that channel on there. So maybe that's a play. I mean, I think that's kind of a proof of concept of what we can do with live sports. And uh, maybe they'll be coming up, too, uh, to fill that gap. I know that we talked about before. I know that, you know, I see missing. Uh, I've got to. Yeah, I mean, Go ahead. It's, it's, worth, it's worth saying. The thing with, uh, with the World Cup, are you, are you saying that they were able to view these things on their individual cell phones? Or uh, just talking about, like, online content I in do general? believe with Moby TV, they are. 
on the on their phones. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's something that because uh, I I just deleted the app that I had that was supposed to allow me access to watch um, certain things from like ESPN live, especially like the World Cup. But uh, they wanted to charge some ridiculous amount of money, so that's why I clearly didn't go that way that route. Mm-hmm. I've got a quick little uh, in-show breaking news announcement. Um, Vimeo, the uh, what is one of the, uh, you know, Vimeo.com, considered one of the more high-quality video hosting, showing-type websites. Uh, They actually have a policy against hosting uh, commercial content, Uh, so it's uh, a lot of artistic and personal stuff. They have just enabled the ability to license your content on Vimeo.com using Creative Commons. Oh, wow. Which, um, for what they do, I feel uh, it's about time. I know it's something they've been kind of working on, they just wanted to make sure it rolled out with uh, their user experience is pretty smooth, and they wanted to make sure it was just as smooth as everything else. So I'm pretty excited that they did that because I'm a pretty big proponent of Creative Commons. Yeah. Sorry, we lost Rob's video there for a little bit. My end, not yours, Rob. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Skype is working fine. It's everything in between connecting all of these. I'm hoping, <laughs> I, I think I might fix this by next week. Maybe. 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 Work in progress. Um, well, anyways, at that note, it, it's. Uh, I think that's about everything for this week. Oh, real quick, YouTube 4K. We were testing it at work today. Uh, what did you think of that, Malango? I thought it was pretty kick-ass, and I thought it was very silly. <laughs> <laughs> I know your uh, your 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 big 3D rendering machine was having trouble with it. Yes, yes, definitely. And I don't. Think... I mean, and I think uh, no. At home, I didn't try it at home yet, mm-hmm. which I should actually do. But um, even the one at, at work. I think I got as high as the uh, 1024, I think, and then it started cutting out. Actually, it started cutting out when I went back down to the 420p hmm. in HD. So I, I whatever. You, I was on I was on the quad core power Mac, and it was uh, it was skipping a little bit. I don't know how much was because of bandwidth, how much was because of the power, because it's about a uh, what three, what are those Macs like three years old there? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, now I, I'm home on FiOS. And have the the newer MacBook Pro. I'd like to give it a shot and see how it looks. So, if, for those that don't know what 4K is, uh, basically it's way more than probably your television can see. <laughs> um, I, Alex Lindsay was on MacBook MacBreak today, and I think he said if you're in 4K 4K on a uh, on a, an Apple Cinema display, it will use every pixel in that display. Yeah, I think uh, 1080p is something like 2060. K, something like this. So this is effectively yeah. double of what you consider HD currently. Yeah. It's it's closer to what those uh, the red cameras that a lot you know for the higher end video people have been listening about. Uh, you know, a lot of it's 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 more than we're gonna need now, but yeah, uh, we'll see fun. what it looks like in about five years. But uh, that's this is gonna be the low end of five years, I bet. Uh, the way things are going, so. Who, you know, who thought you'd be doing 1080p on, on the internet? Now Hulu's going to have, well, so, well, I guess Hulu's going to have 720. So, oh, side note, speaking of that, <laughs> all these things are coming to mind. Uh, YouTube, I, I, WWE moved a lot of their stuff over there for uh, for their shows, the SmackDown, NXT, stuff like that. So I wanted to give it a shot to catch up on the wrestling for the week for, for the wrestling show uh, instead of Hulu to see how it looked. Again, on the work 23-inch Cinema, you know, Apple display, you know, that we have at work on, on lunch today. Uh, bump, bumped it up, bumped it up to 720p. Looked pretty damn good, I gotta say. Uh, so I, I think they're beating, beating Hulu as far as the quality and just as many commercials, uh, maybe not as annoying commercials. And, uh, and I, uh, I'm not paying $9.99 a month. Just wanna put that out. <laughs> so on that note, uh, Malengo. You got some comics to do, don't you? I do. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. No. So, uh, no. Just, just you know, keep uh, keep going there. <laughs> <laughs> keep going there. Keep, keep going there and rereading the archive. Go for yes. it. Go for it. Wait, did I put the right site up for you? What's your, what's your site there? <laughs> it's uh, it's mangtoons.tumblr.com. Uh, okay, not mangtoons.com. I'm sorry for that typo. Um. Oh, the game's Whoa. getting a call. Oh. Getting a call. 
iPhone gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what are you up to these days? I got no video for you. Sorry. Ah, nobody can uh, see my pretty face. I'm no. just a black box. <laughs> um, same stuff. Nothing new, really, except for the kitten. Uh, quick story <laughs> for you kitten fans. I was driving down, uh, my girlfriend and I were driving down uh, I-270, which is a uh, five-lane highway. Uh, this was the portion uh, right around uh, Baltimore and D.C. Mm -hmm. And mid-conversation, I spotted a little gray kitten uh, wandering on the shoulder of the road. And, uh, and in the middle of my sentence, I was like, there's a kitten on the road. There's a kitten on the road. Stop. Pull the car over. Seriously, there's a kitten. Stop the car. There's a kitten on the side of the road. <laughs> and uh, so we pulled over. I ran back and found a little gray kitten all alone, uh, hanging out on the shoulder of the road, barely able to stand. And uh, he, he is in a box in my room right now, so he uh, doesn't get sick or get any of my other kittens sick because he hasn't been to a vet yet. But uh, his name is Eisenhower, Mr. President, nice. if you will. All right. <laughs> uh, because 270 is the Dwight D. Eisenhower Memorial <laughs> Highway. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. But uh, aside from that, you can find me on the internets, robjdlc.com, at robjdlc on the Twitters. Right there, right there on the screen. And, of course, you can find me, sorgatron.com, for my blogginess. Um, I should probably do a title for myself one of these days. Or you can um, be me if you want. I, I have been for a while. Um, I don't know how to say my own name. So, uh, Sorgatron.com, Twitter of Sorgatron, and, uh, and uh, of course, SorgatronMedia.com to see all the podcasts we have going on here, including a very raunchous, probably offensive Wrestling Mayhem show from last week. So, kids, don't go there. Um, and oh, also, I want to give a, a, a big ups to uh to jenny uh jenny roth that that did a, a nice post for us over on podcamppittsburgh.com see because i'm not i'm i don't like to self-promote but i will i'm more than happy to have somebody else do it for me uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh but thanks for that uh i was seeing a, a lot of new uh, a lot of new numbers coming in uh we have a lot of good comments uh, no bad comments, which makes me worry more, I think. Yeah. So I, I put a feeler out to the person that I know will thrash us if we're deserving of it. So hopefully I'll have that by next week. Um, <laughs> other than that, please check us out, awesome awesomecast.com. And uh, please drop an email to contact at awesomecast.com if you want to thrash us uh, as far as that goes or anything like that. That's the wrong email. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. This is Sorg signing off.